Hello and welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the April 19th game against the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, what did you think? It was a great 55 minutes of hockey. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened there. I mean, I want the actual time card here. Let me just pull it up. Yeah, let, me, let me just, you just set the stage it. here, yeah. okay? Like we've been telling you guys, we're in exams right now. I have a, We have a lot of stuff going on. So I had a very early morning. So what ended up happening was I could catch the first two periods and then what we do is we record the game, and I watch the, the last period in the morning. Uh, basically the first time this has happened this year. So I go to bed at the second intermission. Okay, We're up one nothing. It's definitely not a decisive lead, but it looks like we had Edmonton on their heels specifically because of how frustrated they look. So when the team gets that frustrated, um, you know, that usually means that their you know plays are going to collapse, and especially with a with a team that relies on on power play minutes as much as Edmonton does, and you know we were somehow surviving. It looked like we were going to pull through. Also, uh, Jesse and I were talking about this last night during the game, but the Habs seem to play best when there's uh, like a chippy or dirty game going on. So like we play well against rivals, okay, and that's the reason why we haven't been playing great against you know the Winnipegs, the Calgarys, the Torontos, which because surprisingly, um, you know we haven't really had a rivalry in the North. Like no. I, I thought, you know, I thought especially with you know this season, we were going to develop this huge rivalry against the Leafs. We were going to develop this huge rivalry against Ottawa. Nothing's really happened. Yeah, I, mean, I noticed more chippiness against Vancouver and against Edmonton. Yeah, it's so mostly Vancouver and Edmonton, which is, which is surprising because, like, you know, um, Vancouver's nowhere near us in the standings. I mean, Edmonton's, I guess, kind of near us, but, you know, it doesn't feel like we're fighting for a spot with Edmonton. Like, it, it feels more like we're battling with, like, Winnipeg, even though, like, the standings say otherwise, but I don't know. But it seems to be panning out that way that... You know, these games are very, very aggressive, and these are the games that the Habs usually thrive, and, it, you know, it was surprising to wake up and see just a catastrophic blowout. This is besides the fact that we'll get to later with Carey Price. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what did you think? Well, I mean, this is the thing, right? Like you said, you, the first two periods, it looked one way, and the third period looked the same. I mean, to, to give, I mean, just so we can say it, um, in the second period, we had a goal from Eric Stahl assisted by Corey Perry, so... The old boys are doing the work. Yeah. And then in the third period, I, I, I literally meant it when I said 55 minutes. In the last five minutes, Edmonton went 2 1 3 1 4 1. Um, Ethan Bear would score. Is it Ethan or Evan? I think it's Ethan. It's Ethan, it's Ethan Bear. He would score his first goal of the year. Um, Which he had a close one in the first. Yeah, exactly. He just, But you know what? It was one of those plays where we turned the puck over, breaking out of the zone. Yeah. No surprise. To McDavid, who goes around the net with Pugliarvi, basically, the, like, just recovers the puck and gives it right to Bear, who's, like, literally gliding into the slot. And, like, right from that moment, the second we didn't have the lead anymore, I almost, like, not that I knew it, but like, you get that sinking feeling of, like, all right, well, those first two periods mean nothing because it's a 0-0 game again. Yeah. And from then on, it was just all Edmonton because then 15 minutes uh, into the third... We had a goal from McDavid. Then less than two minutes later, or just about two minutes later, a goal from Pujarvi, assisted by McDavid. And then, yeah, 30 seconds to a minute later, an empty net goal. Like, we we just basically had just a monumental collapse in the last five minutes. And yeah. you know, it's... I, I just don't know how to even explain, like, watching that. 
how do you so how do you feel knowing that in our last two games we have one goal and it's from Eric Stahl? I it, it worried because yeah. mathematically there's a chance there's a good chance we make the playoffs and like we just can't have that like an okay chance yeah like I I, so, I, I mean just I'd from the math it, alone there's a yeah. there's a better chance than not we're in the like playoffs. eyeballing the stats right now I'm guessing we have like a sixty three percent chance of making the playoffs. Because well, like it. it would probably like Calgary's uh, five points behind us and we have two games in hand. Yeah. Again though, like there's a bit of a confounding like moderating variable here, in the fact that these games are against Calgary. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if Calgary wins one of those games, that's a four point night. Exactly. So you know they're huge and it's uh it's a little the, the calculus is a little bit different when you know all these games are in your division. Well, that, that's it, and this, this is what we've been saying all year, that this is a very, very difficult uh, year in terms of maintaining leads and also making up leads. But I yeah. guarantee you, if there's anyone who can defy the odds negatively, <laughs> it'll be the Canadians. Um, yeah, I just, again, this is a bad habit we seem to be sinking into of having just a bad loss, and I'm looking back at the Ottawa game, and letting that kind of, like... Yeah like resonate out into the next few games and we just we don't have that snapback ability and like that's I, I mean this is going way back to what Paul Byron said of like bad teams don't lose two games in a row yeah okay thank like, god Ottawa uh, Ottawa beat Calgary last night yeah which is like that's huge we got lucky there but the idea is like that whole thing is you know all the joking aside about that comment too there is some truth in that but also it's more the underlying message of like the teams that can bounce back because I I take that that quote there of like good teams don't lose two games in a row. I also include moral victories in there. Mm-hmm. If you go and have like a you know one nothing shootout loss with forty five shots and like eight posts and like you did absolutely everything you could and the bounces just didn't go your way, nobody's upset about that game. Yeah. So. You know, it, it that that's We're back part on of this. It. Yeah, it's just you look back at the trends. You know, last eight games we have three wins. Um, you know, this was supposed to be like a turnaround point for us. Uh, it's clearly goal scoring, and like you know, as excited as I am, you know, you know, semi being sarcastic about John Merrill and stuff coming in. I mean, like this isn't. This isn't a fix to the problem. No, like, there's this is one gonna... person who we should be excited for coming in, and we can't even play him right now. Yeah, exactly. That's and... the issue. Is the guy who can actually make a difference for cap reasons. Which again, this is one of those things where it's it's obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. But Mark Bergevin needed everyone, like we said, to score if yeah. his plan was going to work. Yeah, because he didn't portray. Anderson to Foley having breakout seasons. He thought they were going to be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he was right. But I think he thought Gallagher wouldn't be out for this long. I think he thought Dano, Suzuki, Kotkaniemi would all be scoring more. I think he thought um, Eric Stahl would score more. Weber, Petrie. Uh, who else? Um, yeah, so Eric, he now. just expected everyone to score more than they are. Yeah, and like, you know what? Uh, like, I'm going to look at some guys to pick on here. This all kind of you know, take off a bit of our discussion on our long format podcast, but you know, this is a good time to bring all this stuff up. Like, when do we give up on Jonathan Druin? And like, I know I Two pick on this years guy, ago. <laughs> but this, he is so bad for this team. Okay. Like he now has two goals and 21 assists. Yeah. His last point, uh, he's on a three game pointless streak. Um, 
then before that, oh boy. Okay, so from April 10th, uh, so April 14th against Calgary, he had an assist. And then April 12th against Toronto, he had an assist. Then if you go from April 10th to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 7 games without a point. Right, and okay. scale that up because... Yeah, so he's a minus 7. Um, he's just... And, and, and like, again, with Jonathan Druin, because he's been top 5 on our team in points the entire season... But it's the non-point stuff about this guy. Like yeah. he doesn't work on the ice, okay? And he has this—I don't know—like it's almost like a posse around him where he he plays one hard shift, which he will every night. He'll play one or two hard shifts, and everyone basically just wipes off the other ninety-nine percent. And yep. it, it drives me nuts. It's like, well, I mean, here's the thing—he's a—he's a very unique player on the team for a couple reasons. One of them, obviously, being the fact that like. Because of what we gave up for him, he need like it's just one of those where like everyone needs it to work, mm-hmm. you know. Because if you look at what's like you know been the biggest team need for the longest period of time, I would argue it's not even centerman. I would argue it's a strong left hand D. Yeah. And so like, it it just it's one of those things where not even just from a like uh, a hopeful fan, but just from you know almost a pride thing. It has to work. Yeah. And obviously it doesn't, but. The idea is, you know, it's easier, for, I guess, for us to say it because it's one, it's not reflective of our decisions, but I like that's the big thing with him. And two, it, he is someone who, in theory, should be perfect for this team. He's yeah. a playmaking, fast-moving, young French Canadian, like point-getting player. Yeah. But it just didn't work here. Thing. he has the ca- and again it's like he has it's, like, it all sounds right yeah he has the capability to be fast and like I, I the reason i point out fast is because we're a fast team and like yeah you know you you look at him and you're like you know this guy should be fast and you know i'm sure if he hustles he is but when he plays the game he's not fast he's he's one of the slowest forwards we have he, he glides what I mean, around. His, his actual physical skating speed when he has the puck is faster but he's lazy yeah that's he's the lazy thing. that's the thing it's 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 a lot like uh you know so many previous Habs players that I could just go on ad nauseum about, but it's just none of them worked out for us. So I nope. don't know why we keep doing this, but um, you know him and 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 the fact the fact of the matter is is we don't have anyone on our team who's even remotely close to like a point per game. And like honestly, yeah. that's what it comes down to. It's like you look at these teams, um, you know, and if you're gonna score by committee, um, you know, we need at least. A bit of a bimodal distribution here and like oh, we yeah. have none we have basically like a normal that's centered around like 18 points or something like well that. Like, it's that and it's also like our, for our, me our that... point leader do you who who do you well you obviously know who's leading in points yeah. but how many points do you think to fully has high 20s 32 okay okay low 32 and 40 games then it goes to petrie with 30 and 43 then suzuki uh, with 27 and 43 and the reason why i point that out is because those top three players okay like i don't they're not game breakers. No, that's the and big also thing. they're particularly having a bad latter half of the season. Well, that's it, and I, and I think there's also something very important to highlight here too, like um, every every night is someone else's turn, which is the issue. If like scoring by committee, I'm going to go back to just because this has been preached to us by the organization a million times, means that you know. Let's say one player from each line scores every night. Not one player from the team scores every night. So, you know, if Tatar, Anderson, 
let's assume a healthy lineup. Tatar, Anderson, Byron, and Stahl scored last night. That's every line getting on the board. It doesn't mean like I need specifically, because uh, I feel like a lot of people misunderstand like when we say like scoring by committee means everyone's scoring. I obviously don't think there's going to be 12 goals a night. I mean, one like every line is contributing. So Tatar Deno Gallagher maybe goes out and gets a goal or two, and then Suzuki's line gets a goal or a goal. Kotkaniemi's line gets a goal. Evans' line maybe puts up an average of let's say like half a goal per game, and it averages out to one goal from each line night. And you're in that three and a half to four goals a game like we were at the beginning of the season. That's scoring by committee, and that's a high scoring offense. Yeah. But the idea is like what we end up happening is we get these games. Where basically you get one player who scores. And like, look at our last few games here. Last night, Eric Stahl scored. That was it. The last game we played, we lost 4 nothing. No one scored. The game before that, we won 2-1. to one. Both goals were from Toffoli. The game before that, we lost 4-1. to one. So one goal from Brett Kulak. Like, we're talking four games. Now. I, I'm actually going to keep going back until we have more than one yeah. goal scored. I just want to jump game. in here before we go into that, okay? Even our... Even our I'm trying to think how screwed we'd be if these players that we took in the offseason didn't have, like, uh, above-average years. Like, Toffoli and Anderson, uh, Toffoli more, okay? Like, he's not going to he's not gonna repeat this. He no. may, okay? But I'm just Put, saying yeah. it's it's definitely his... He's, he's on the, you know, the high end of his capability mm-hmm. right now. And even then, we're playing this badly and we're not scoring. And this is besides the fact that, you know, he had a very good he's playing fantastic like that's the thing i hate ripping on this guy because like he's doing above and beyond what we need him to do but at the same time he has two goals in 10 games okay like like we need more and they from came in the everybody. same game yeah and they came in the same game like we need more from everybody and i find we're doing this thing where we're relying on players right now that we can't afford to rely on like we're relying on cory perry well that's it you know i mean like we can't rely on cory perry because when we do that all of a sudden having cory perry isn't an advantage like having Corey Perry as an as an advantage is only an advantage when he's like that sneaky bottom six guy that'll throw a goal in every few games. Yeah. But not when like you need Corey Perry to score, well, exactly. which is how it is right now. Well, no, exactly. And just just to finish off what I was saying, it's running our power play. Well, yeah. It's like, the the game before that was the first game we had multiple goal scorers and we won four to two. However, Tatar had two of the four goals. Like, it's still, we just, like, everyone seems to have, like, again, it's almost like their night. Yeah, and you know what? I was laughing, too, because I was uh, I was talking about it today. Like, when I say that we have those, we're, we're shut out, then we score seven goals. Yeah. We never even score seven goals anymore. No, we just We get shut like out. That, yeah. We get shut out. Then we, when we score one or two. Yeah. Then we get shut out again. We score, you know, maybe it's a big one. It's a four-goal night. Yeah. Okay? Because, uh, you know someone's playing like shit yeah and then we you know and then we lose but we'll do that against teams that you know it it doesn't matter standings wise no i mean like we'll do that against a like a toronto or something like that we're like we're not chasing toronto anymore that would have mattered in february but there i mean i don't think it's even mathematically possible we could overtake toronto right now but we'll um do it against Toronto, but then get shut out by an Ottawa or, you know, lose one nothing to Calgary or, like, you know, it just... That, that's it, right? And it's... it's we I can't mean, step up. We also are... You know, th- this is something we were joking about before we started recording, but... And this is... A, we're going to jump into this, but our core that we've built is very injury-prone. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like everyone praises Bergevin a little bit for how deep the team is. You'd need this many reserve players if... All of your stars, yeah, like habitually get hurt. Gallagher, Weber, 
Price, which is where I'm like segueing into yeah. this. Once again, Carey Price left the game yeah. over what seemed very, very minor. Yeah, which which honestly, like it was definitely goaltender interference, like yeah. without a doubt. Well, yeah, but it not also, according to Craig Button the yeah, first few seconds, and then he corrected yeah. himself. But again, if you look at that from a non-sports uh, perspective, it or from a sports perspective, sorry. It's clear that like Carey Price exaggerated a little bit to get the call. Yeah, he right? went I mean, with him. That's that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, I got yeah. some, that, that, that's smart on Carey Price, but it wasn't like a hard hit. Okay, like he nudged him, so well, he lost it, it position. It was essentially like a, a light brush. So like I know like injuries, you know, injuries don't always happen when you know like with specific amount of force. Like sometimes you can just turn oddly. Yes. Okay, but like again, like that's pretty fragile, and especially just coming off of an injury, which apparently is not related. It's a completely different injury. Well, yeah, I mean, the report that came out was that he's now officially out for a week with concussion symptoms. You're kidding me. Yeah, that's a like, that's a concussion. So I'm sorry. What the, no, but see, that's the thing is he's he. It says I I misspoke. It's not concussion symptoms. He's officially ruled out for a week as he is in concussion protocol. Okay, because they said which upper means, body injury. Yeah, and now I'm saying this is uh, we're recording this in the mid afternoon, and the, like this report head. has Carey Price going. Carey Price to miss one week comma is in uh, concussion protocol which means he showed one symptom which yeah. could be a concussion and they immediately put him in now i personally think that this is kind of the like manipulating the bureaucracy a little i think the canadians know they will be on a playoff spot with a with a decent amount of certainty and they're basically saying let's get carry as much rest as possible they talked about it on tv too how he he took a little extra time he was ready to go around the nine-day mark, and he took three extra days, which it, to let Allen play and just get fully healthy again. Okay, but like I l- think he's just, taking time off for any know, reason let, possible. Yeah, okay, but this is this is what you do in that case. Okay, you just don't play Carey Price. Yeah, exactly. Thing. You don't have to fake this injury. Okay, which is honestly like unethical. I'm not saying it's they're faking. I'm just saying they found a way to maybe get him on also the IR list, which helps the cap. Yeah. It, it again. These are like the little things that if this was the difference between do we not play Carey Price next game because he's still resting or can we put him on short term IR, get a bit of cap relief, and maybe Caulfield plays while he's gone. Yeah, maybe. It, it's it's maybe it's again it's all speculation. This... And if he is out, we need to find a way to score with Allen and Net. Yes, because we give him like no he, help. It's almost like he's cursed. Well, we give him no help. We just yeah. basically think that like we don't have to do anything. I think we were averaging like one point eight goals per game. When it's he's insane. In He'll and never like, win with that. No, and it's and we'll, and that's the thing is it like we will never win with yeah. that. Who like, do we that's, play next? I believe we're playing Calgary again. It could be. Yeah, it probably is Calgary. A lot of our yeah. It's uh, a lot of our games coming up are, are Calgary. It's like uh, hold on here. Yeah, yeah Edmonton. It's Oilers. Oh, oh yeah, boy. it's Edmonton. Yeah, Ten p.m. or fuck me. Oh my god! Again with these late games. I can't do this. And then this. Calgary <laughs> at nine. Oh, heart of exams. Yeah, yeah, heart of exams. Yeah, and then we have Calgary three games in a row. Check the okay. This is what I want to line up for you guys. We'll segue this into our long format podcast, um, but listen to how listen to how crucial these next few games are, uh, and how fucked we are basically. Okay. Um, we got next game Oilers, Flames, Flames, Flames. So the result of those three games can it's basically decide who goes to the playoffs. Oh, it's the playoffs essentially. Okay? Then after that, consider it a playing round. And uh, two of those games are back to back. Okay, yeah. so we have Oilers, 
23rd we have flames, 24th we have flames, 26th we have flames, okay? 28th we have leafs, 30th we have jets, first we have senators, third we have leafs, fifth we have senators, then we have leafs, leafs, oilers, oilers. I'm actually the most worried about the senators games. I know. Those are the ones I'm worried how, about. The how most. about that to end off the season? Leafs, Leafs, Oilers, Oilers. Yeah. Like we gotta really pull it together. Oh, and yeah. like if 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 you're right about that the the, the short term IR thing to pull up Caulfield, like um, you know, rolling the dice a little bit there. Well yeah, I, I agree. Which is why we don't know for sure. It's again, like I'm just I'm basically trying to think of any Pissed reason. me off too because Carey looked like he was like on yesterday. Yeah. For the first period there, he made some big saves, really in position, and then uh, they'd put, go put in that Jake Stink. Yeah. Although he, like, he played great. Like, he played, he, yeah. No, no. I just again, it's it's insane because like he like the goals themselves are were also just with those goals and it's like okay, first one. You let Ethan Bear, like, I'm not kidding. It looked like his controller turned off. He just glides into the slot. No McDavid fair. gives it to him, and it was, like, it was like a full clapper from the hash marks. Second goal is McDavid skates up the middle of the ice on a breakaway, like, just right through the defense. Third goal, I'm trying to even remember it here. Oh, no, it was another breakaway. And then the fourth goal was a uh, empty netter. So you gave up two breakaways and an empty netter. It's like, what do you want from the guy? Oh, yeah. and, and one slot pass where there was literally no one there like the whole if you just showed from post to post there would be no one in front of the net yeah when was uh i'm gonna search when weber's last goal was oh god he's been having a particularly bad uh yeah this is the first year i'm starting to notice his age guess when his last goal was uh it's definitely in march yeah Okay, thank God. I thought you were going to say February. March 9th. March 10th. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, anyway. March 10th. So that's that's rough. Yeah, look, let's just... Let's just jump into the Yeah, I was going to say... Let's... If you guys don't know, we're recording these back-to-back, basically, yeah, so... just uh, with the way our exam schedule lined up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys in about 20 seconds. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.